Purgatory. Written by FTR Warren. Starring Sandy Jack, Lewis Alcock, Marion Elizabeth, Jacob Harwood, Charlotte Cottrell and Louisa Cajero. Guest starring Benjamin Jones as Gareth, Jennifer Bradley as Mandy and Kevin Dickinson as the shopkeeper. Assistant produced by Rob McDowell. Episode 9. The Cancelled Tradition. forgiven him yet. No, I'm not going to forgive him because Peter's a knobhead. It's alright, I'm fine. Spending my birthday alone. No, Rob didn't organise anything, he's useless. And I didn't tell him it was my birthday. Why do I need to tell him it's my birthday? He's just a guy. Happy birthday, Alexia. I baked you a cake. (laughs) How did you know it was my birthday, Sinead? I don't tell anyone. Have you been talking to Peter? Well, he did tell me, but it was before all of this happened. I keep a record of everyone I know's birthdays just to make sure they get at least one happy birthday from me. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Sinead. So, what are you going to do today? Well, my plans have all gone up in smoke, really. Peter and I have this yearly tradition where he comes over the night before my birthday, stays over, makes me breakfast in bed. We then go to my favourite steakhouse and then off to a gig where I get royally smashed and laugh at Peter getting annihilated in the mosh pit. So... You've got nothing planned. It's all right. It's just a day like any other. I'm happy to spend it by myself. What about Rob? Oh, Rob's useless. Plus, I haven't even told him. You've not told your boyfriend. Oh, my mum was just giving me shit about that, can you not? Well, we need to do something. How about you give him a gin ring and we go out for a drink? Oh, it's the least we can do. All right. But, Sinead, promise me something. What? We're not calling this a girl's night out. I am not, nor will I ever be, participant in a girl's night out. (laughs) Fine. This one's a winner, Peter. The navy blue suit is good for first impressions. You don't wear black unless it's a funeral or you're in MI5. Now all you need is a smart pair of shoes and you're all set. Cheers, mate. And thank you also for helping out today. Usually it's Alexia that dresses me up before a first date. If I'm left to my own devices, then I usually end up wearing something that would be more suited for the Notting Hill Carnival. That's not a bad thing. Things are different now, mate, especially since when we were teenagers. All those silly gender stereotypes and expectations have all gone out the bleeding window. It's no longer men have to wear this and women have to wear this. But saying that, I think you should wear this. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is exactly going on between yourself and Alexia? Honestly? I don't know. All I do know is that she does not want me to be around her. And I just have to accept that. It sucks, though, because I really wanted to tell her about Mandy. She sounds pretty special, mate. And the best thing is is that she hasn't changed one bit since all those years ago at drama camp. (laughs) Drama camp? (laughs) It's a good thing I didn't know about drama camp when we were younger. (laughs) Well, what, what about everyone else? I know when we both left the party the other night... It wasn't exactly on the best terms. Not a sausage, to be honest. I don't know if there's a way out of this. I think there is. It just requires a bit of time and space. Think about it, Peter. When we were in our teens, would any part of you think that we would go clothes shopping together? (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) Then count your blessings, mate. Tonight, 
You are going on a date with a lovely woman. It could be worse. Are you sure this is all you want, Alexia? I mean, sitting in a depressing-as-fuck old man's pub doesn't really seem that festive. It's fine. I'm with my mates having a drink. I'm not that fancy. Even though it is different to what I expected. I still find it weird that Peter was going to sleep over at your place, make you breakfast, take you to your favourite restaurant and then compromise his own enjoyment just to make you happy. Sounds like Peter's your surrogate boyfriend. <laughs> boyfriend? No. Well, you've not told your actual boyfriend, and you and Peter do a lot of couple stuff together. So, if Peter was a woman, it would be different? Well... Oh, come on, Imogen. Don't go all Rob Reiner on me. You, above all people, know that a relationship between people from different genders doesn't always have to be sexual, and that women can provide more than sexual favours to men. All right, all right. Take it back. I am conflicted, though. On the one hand, every time I think about Peter, my blood fucking boils. And on the other hand, I really miss him. We shared so much. We work at the same school, like the same things. But I know what he's done is unforgivable. And we can't just go back. All right, this is now officially depressing as fuck. Let's go to the fanciest restaurant in town and actually give you a proper birthday. <laughs> Imogen, I'm not exactly dressed for fancy. No, it'll be fine. It'll be my treat. Peter. I agree to go clothes shopping with you, but this is a little bit different. I just don't like buying condoms alone. It's a little bit creepy. <gasps> you both make a lovely couple. Now, how long have you two been together? This is what I mean, Peter. What if one of Barry's mates comes in and gets the wrong end of the stick? I don't want to put my husband through that much emotional turmoil. All for nothing, because you're too chicken shit to buy contraceptives on your own. A Gareth is a happily married man, and I am getting these because I'm on a date tonight with a woman. Oh, fair enough, then. Have you got the first date heebie-jeebies? Yes, in spades. You'll be fine, mate. This is just a lap of honour for you two. I know it sounds like old hat, but honestly, mate, just be yourself. That's what I did with Barry. I didn't need to hide anything from him. It felt really good. I remember my first date with the now Mrs Shopkeeper. I was a wreck, but I remembered somebody once told me that the more nervous you get on that first date, the more you care about the person you're on it with. Your mate's right. I've been married for over 20 years and I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. You just need to walk up to her, realise that she's there for you, walk into that space and say, hey, now you're an all-star. Now I'm going to have to stop you there, mate, before we get sued. This this place is really expensive. I could just order a starter. Honestly, it's fine. Before the end of each tax year, I'd systematically make everyone at the uni's upper management lives a living hell until they give me a pay rise. I've done it consecutively for six years. I could afford to eat here every night. <laughs> All right, I get it. You're rich. Not feeling as sympathetic to you now. I don't want to sound soppy, but thank you. Both of you. It would have been fucking awful on my own. 
I want to get to know both of you a little better, especially you, Imogen. I've wasted so many years believing that you were someone you clearly were not. Well, what do you want to know? Um, favourite film? Cinema Paradiso. Favourite drink? Absinthe. Oh. Favourite book? Um, White Tiger. Actual favourite book you're too embarrassed to admit. The Twilight series. <laughs> favourite food? Thai. Okay. Most embarrassing sexual encounter. (laughs) Stonehenge. (laughs) You had sex with Stonehenge? Sam and I got a little bit carried away on a geography trip. (laughs) Nah, I'm sticking with you had sex with a henge. (laughs) Hey, here's to the first of many. No. Friends. Night out. So... Let me get this straight. You've fallen out with Peter, so you're back to writing on your own. And you're asking myself, a person who has never written a script before, and Mark, a starting out stand-up comic who only has two gigs under his belt to write a show about a school that we both never went to? Because you can't be asked to do any work. Yeah. Sam, I appreciate the opportunity. I honestly do, but this feels like a recipe for disaster. Can't you just pretend to forgive Peter, like the good old days? It's bigger than just me now. There are more people involved. People who are really important to me now. It's also the principle. If I pretend to forgive Peter, he won't learn anything. That's the most adult thing to ever come out of your mouth. Your mama is the most adult thing to ever come out of my mouth. Apparently Sarah's mum likes to live in Sam's esophagus. Well, why do you need us then? Just write the show, lazy ass. At the moment, the script is just a collection of different scenes, storyline, ideas, one-liners. It needs to be put together in a way that makes sense and has a plot. It needs a theme. Peter always says that you can't have a plot until you have a theme. The theme drives the plot. If there's no theme, the story's just unimportant. Well, how are we going to tell you what your theme is? It's good to have people around to bounce off and discuss things. Okay, so... I'm very late to the party here, but what's happened between you and Peter? Why did you two fall out? The same reason we fell out six years ago, nine years ago. They fell out over a girl. No, no, no. We fell out because Peter was obsessed with a girl (gasps) that I was secretly seeing. Ooh, juicy. And what did Peter do that was so unforgivable? Well, after he found out about us in not the best way, he lied to everyone and he said that he'd walked in on us having sex, which he didn't. And it gets better. I had a similar experience. A boy at my secondary school made up a similar lie. It's horrific. Exactly, it is. It was. And my wife is still kind of recovering from it. Didn't help that the school handled it atrociously. Peter's birthday was a couple of weeks ago. I organised the party. Where a massive showdown happened. I rented the same house where Peter had found out and I thought it'd be an opportunity to laugh and joke about it and put it all behind us. But a massive fight happened instead. Yep, caused by Peter. So you guys were separated broken. Yeah. The theme of the script is fixing what is broken. I guess. It's about the best and the worst of being a teenager. Don't go all Charles Dickens on me. It's about the loss of innocence. Okay. Go on. Think about it. When you're a kid, you walk around this happy, bubble-like existence, thinking that adults know best. You're going to live forever. You've no idea that sex even exists. Being a teenager is trying to cope with all those beliefs ending. Like it? It's like you're so desperate to grow up and become an adult because you can drink, smoke and fuck. But in order to do that, you have to let go of all the... Innocence. That's the show. The loss of innocence. So, 
What have you got so far? Peter and I wrote about this boring art trip we both went on. Okay. So he wrote about how even though he fancied the plants of Imogen, that it was me who she spent all the attention to. Why was she paying attention to you? Because I was the one who was annoying the shit out of her. Why were you annoying the shit out of her? Don't know, it was funny. I'd known Imogen ever since we started secondary school. From a distance, she was this massive fucking killjoy. So it was fun to wind her up. She was so sincere. She was so up her own arse, she cared about what was going on in the world, that when I poked her with a stick, she got annoyed, and it was funny. Both of us always wanted to have the last word, so we ended up spending a lot of time together. We uh... fell before each other. Mark, you need to cut down on your regular intake of soaps. But yeah, that's what happened. Two people, two different walks of life falling for each other, will always make good television. So, after Peter found out, did it affect you guys? It's brought us closer. It made us stronger. I can picture it. Two teens from two different walks of life falling for each other. Only thing getting in the way is a pathetic, nice guy super. And it's in space. Quiet time, Mark. Mandy? Peter! Mandy, you look stunning. And you are quite a handsome fella in that suit. I've booked us a table at the Golden Goose. Oh, that sounds really expensive, Peter. You you don't need to splash out on me. A lady who is as classy and elegant as yourself deserves to be treated with class and elegance. (laughs) Oh, Peter, just stop trying to win me (laughs) over. You've already won. Shall we? Let's. I've been thinking about drama camp. Oh, I know. It was such a long time ago. I remember when I told you what was going on at school with me, and you just flung your arms around me just like that. Well, you were hurting. I I wanted to make you feel better. It was the first time that anyone had done that to me. Not even your mother? (sighs) I guess not. She was always too busy finding Mr. Wright. Well, my parents had sent me alone across the pond for the entire summer vacation. I was so lonely. I didn't know anyone, and then out of nowhere, you bounced up and started talking to me. You were fearless. And look at us now. Reunited. Mandy, you are the only good thing in my life. What about your friends? Still nothing. But it's been weeks. Yep. Peter, I'm going to ask you something, and it's okay if you don't want to talk about it. Before I moved here, I was seeing a therapist, as in professionally. Between the two of us, we picked apart my car crash of a life, and it gave me the courage to leave my controlling ass of a boyfriend. Therapy saved my life. Do you think I should see a therapist? Uh, I know this isn't the best first date subject. (laughs) Well, I did say I was going to work on myself. Uh, Peter, I I can't say it works for everyone, but it worked for me. Uh, I'm just glad you're not angry at me. Why on earth would I be angry? Being told by your date that you need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, trust me, Mandy. I have been on worse. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Well, you have to share. What's the worst date you've ever been on? I went on a blind date with someone I met online. Okay, so is this a catfish story? Uh, No, she was who she said she was. This was a while ago, and back then I was going through this phase of having long hair. She made a joke that made me laugh so hard that my head fell forward and my hair caught a light on the candle in between us. (laughs) (laughs) What did she say? She then says, why do I smell burning hair? 
I wanted to be quick-witted, but all I could come out with was, my sex is on fire. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> it's your turn now. What's the worst date that you've ever been on? Mm, ask me again in four hours? Uh, Monday? Sorry, Peter, it was there for the taking. Okay. I learned the hard way that you shouldn't say yes to someone just because you feel sorry for them. Check, please. <laughs> Let me finish, Peter. There was this guy at this club in L.A., and when he approached me, he was sweating from head to toe, hyperventilating the works, and I could see his buddies behind him giving the thumbs up. I should have said no, but I agreed to go on a date with him, the date itself was horrible. He brought a friend. What? Yeah. He brought his best friend to hold his hand throughout. It was so awkward. At the end of the date, he tried to kiss me, but he whacked his forehead on my nose, which gave me a nosebleed. Oh. Oh, I thought I'd better call a taxi and call it a night. With a dress covered in blood and two spare tampons up each nostril. God. Well, here's to having a date that will be remembered with fondness. Oh, I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to call it a night, guys. I rarely drink, and I've reached my limit. Shane, stop being a fucking goody two-shoes. Let's go clubbing! Emmy, <laughs> <laughs> you hate clubbing. Plus, I'm pretty sure generic dance music isn't Alexia's thing. Fuck you all. I'm gonna dance. <laughs> oh, no. Bitch, my dancing ain't that bad. Peter's here. What? He's on a date, I think. Oh, God. I'll ring the police. What, what do you want to do? Imogen, I'll take you up on that offer. I'm not having him ruining my birthday. Who's the woman? Do you recognise her? Uh, oh, my God. What? I know her. A while back, Peter showed me this photo of him and this girl that he met at drama camp. <laughs> She rung him up once when I was hanging out with Peter. And honestly, she sounded like one of those women I wanted to nut at uni. To summarise their relationship, they made a photo collage to celebrate their love. Two days in, they were Tony and Maria in a production of West Side Story. Oh dear. I really hope it's not her. Does it matter? Now let's get the fuck out of here. Cheers for having me over, Sebi. Thanks for replacing Sinead. The game set is kind of dull on your own. Remember, Sebi, that's the only part of the night that I'm replacing. <laughs> Shut up. You are never going to believe who I thought to be. Who? Peter and Gareth. And? They were clothes shopping together. Yet again. And? It's kind of hilarious. Two morons in a clothes store. Not really that funny. We both know Peter. The only time he sets foot in a clothes shop is if there's a prospect of sex. Who do you think the poor woman is? Don't know... The thing is odd that Peter and Gareth are mates. I don't know. They're both as bad as each other. Peter's deluded enough to think that he can make a mess of everything and come back with his tail wagging and all is forgiven. And Gareth is deluded enough to think that I am magically going to forgive him for what he did just because he's out and proud now. They 
might as well hang out with each other and not bother me. It's just... What? Like, I know Gareth was an arsehole to let everyone back at school, but every time his name is mentioned, you get really angry. Yeah. Did something happen? I don't know about Yeah. Are you going to tell me? Nope. Why ever not? Because I'm in charge of who knows what about my life. Oh, come on, Sam. The only people who know about what happened are Sinead, Gareth, and I. And it's going to stay that way. So something did happen. Sam, I'm not going to budge. Even though I'd smile at Gareth dying in a car crash, I'm a decent person. So, Sam, you're never going to know. Just accept that I violently hate his gut. Killjoy. Don't you think... Oh, Christ, Sam... Can't we just shoot zombies in silence? I mean, it's just he's, well, changed. Sam, I know what you're trying to do. Who you're attracted to, and whether you're a good or bad person, are two completely different things. My dad struggled as teenagers too. They never bullied people. But that's the thing, your dads are fine with it. Oh, well, that's their choice, but not mine. Sam, please, can we drop it? I still wonder who that girl is. Peter? Yep? Look, I don't want to put a downer on the evening, but there's a group of women across the room. I don't know whether they are fans or paparazzi, but they're staring, and I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable. Where are they? Behind you. See if you can recognize them. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, they definitely aren't staring at you. Well, who are they? They are Alexia, Imogen... And Sinead. I should go over there and... I've tried talking to them on multiple occasions and everyone ended up with them telling me in more and more creative ways to sort off. Let's just leave it. We've had dessert. Let's get the check and go somewhere else. But it's not fair. We have just as much right to be here as they do. Randy, they're not bad people. This is the first time in a long while Alexia's spending her birthday without me. Doesn't she have a boyfriend to spend it with? Oh, Rob's useless. It still doesn't give them the right to. When Alexia and I were at uni, she'd been stalked and harassed by a psycho named Tom. She hid in my flat whilst we waited for the restraining order to clear. During that time, she had her birthday. And I thought, how unfair it is that the circumstances meant that a young woman had to hide away for her birthday when she should be out there celebrating... So I put in every effort to make her birthday as special as possible whilst keeping her safe. And every year since, I've organised a birthday for her until today. That's what I mean. You two fell out over something so small and trivial as miscommunication. When you told me the truth, I didn't react that way. She is being way too dramatic about this. And and then she's out like nothing has happened whilst you're here hurting? Currently, we are having a lovely evening, and so are they. If one party goes to the other, then the night will be ruined for everyone. It doesn't mean this date has to stop. We could just go somewhere else. Because it's not about the dressing up or the fancy place. It's about spending time with you. Oh, shit. We've been made. Peter's seen us. Oh, who fucking cares? That man destroyed your birthday. He destroyed my teenage dude. He's not going to destroy this fucking night. And his date is now getting quite... animated. Oh, and now she's trying to get up and he's... Oh? What? I I could be wrong here, but it seems like the lady wants to confront us, but Peter's stopping it. Oh, what fucking lies is he feeding an owl? No. It doesn't seem like that. Who 
ordered another bottle of Prosecco. I thought we were gonna throw some shapes. There's a note attached to it. From table three. Happy birthday. I'm thoroughly confused. When did Peter change his name to table three? They're getting up to, to leave. I think Peter's finally understanding it. The real reason why Peter and I spent every birthday together. The first we did this was at uni. I was scared shitless living with Peter because of Tom the Stalker. My birthdays weren't really that extravagant, but I was upset that I couldn't do anything. Peter picked up on that before I even told him. And with what little money and resources he had, he tried his hardest to give me a good birthday. I think that's why they're leaving. Peter wants to continue the tradition 